And we are off. Hey, what's up, everybody? Action. Let's Action Jackson. Time to talk some movies with Kevin and Drew. Movies on little screen. Mm, got that right. <laughs> Let's fucking do this, buddy. Right. It's a ooh, Halloween edition of our fucking little podcast here. For the season of Spook. What? Yeah. The Duke of Spook. Duke of Spook. Um, (laughs) My choice for this one is uh, Rob Zombie's, it was his first film, right? It is his first film, House of a Thousand Corpses. I remember what a big deal it was when it came out, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what'd you choose, Drew? I chose the 2021 Candyman movie, which was produced by Jordan Peele. It's actually made by his... uh, it kinda, that was his movie company, too. Kind of felt like a Jordan Peele. It really does, man. It really kind of... You can tell he, uh, his um, his influence on it for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that later. Yes, sir. As for now, we should do us up a snapshot. Um, spooky. Spooky. You watch any other movies for this one, man? Um, I did, but real quick, first before we do that, um, I just uh, wanted to say that I signed up for, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. So now my opinion counts. <laughs> watch to- out, motherfuckers! <laughs> I don't know why it took me so long to do that. Oh, actually, actually, but it's kind of cool. You, you know, what? you know, rate uh, all these movies and shit. Uh, so I uh, I was gonna bring this up before we get into talking about movies. Uh, I didn't watch as many. Uh, movies as I wanted to for this pod because I've been doing Ink October, so I've been actually doing. Oh, yeah. uh, I've been doing drawings, so I, I've been spending I've a lot more time. Some of those on the Facebooks. Yeah, I'm pr- there's some, some of them. I'm like, eh, that's okay, but a couple of them I was pretty proud of. Like, yeah, man. If you're listening, check out Drew's fucking Facebook. Drew's drawings. Drew's drawings. Uh, that's, and that's then uh, speaking of that, uh, I got to give a shout out. Because my homeboy said he's been listening to a podcast, and this is my brother from another mother. Thanks, Nick Bowen. Thanks for listening to the pod, my guy. Hey, Nick. <laughs> Nick, 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 Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, that's fucking... Yeah. It's always good when we get some Yeah, I love listeners. positive feedback. Yeah, especially people that I actually like. You know what I mean? Yeah. People I don't like don't like the podcast. Well, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just our dumb little hobby. We still like doing it, and uh, yeah, we're I love keep talking about going. Me. Yeah, until <laughs> please somebody give us money so we can just do this instead of our real jobs. <laughs> until the wheels fall off, baby. Let's go. But give us a sponsorship, somebody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> need some of that sweet, sweet dough coming mm-hmm. in. Some of that sweet bread, baby. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Any hoozle? Um talk about any other other movies we watched before we get into these main two i do i do got a few let me throw one out uh i watched a movie called blaze it was pretty good it's cool. like this uh country 
Um, it's a drama about the life and legacy of Blaze Foley, an unsung singer-songwriter of the Texas outlaw movement that inspired Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson. Nice. I noticed Sam Rockwell in there and Steve Zahn. I, f- I fucking love Sam Rockwell, dude. He's, and, he's uh, such an underrated actor, man. It's the chick from uh, Arrested Development. I don't know if you ever watched oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, I love that show, It's the cousin, uh, maybe. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah, she's in it. What do you got? You got one? I've got a few. Um, the first, so I'm for I'm, the first two I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do one that I love because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it uh, it's called Event Horizon. I think Heard it's a, it. I think it's essentially it's a better Hellraiser, right? So instead of um, a box that brings people into hell, it's uh, this space mission where they're trying to figure out a way around uh, faster than light travel. So they create a device that can warp um, the physical uh, space plane. So essentially the idea is to uh, meld two places uh, into like one point of space so that a way a ship can pass through it. So that way it eventually it's basically like faster than light travel. It's like instantaneous travel. But the coordinates get messed up. And so the ship disappears and then it just suddenly reappears seven years later. So this crew is tasked to go figure out where it's been and what's going on. And it's a it's a really wild movie. But it's uh, I think it's honestly one of the best sci-fi horror movies ever done. I, like I, I think it's honestly pretty comparable to the first Alien movie. It's really good. Who's in that? That's um, like it's got Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne and yeah, Sam Neill, and um, it's got the lady from uh, Jurassic Park, the blonde. Oh, Laura Dern. Yep, it's got Laura Dern in it. That's cool. It's got a, other, a couple other actors I've seen. I used to see in movies like all the time in the eighties and nineties. Uh, that kind of they kind of disappeared after. I've heard you mention this movie before. Yeah, it's it's still a, haven't watched it. <laughs> it's okay, man, and it's not for everybody. But I think it's a really fucking good horror movie. It uh, essentially the ship accidentally gets sent to hell, and it brings that like presence back with it, yeah. and so it has like that same alien vibe where they're trapped like isolated in space and no, there's nobody that can help them and the ship basically warps their distortion of space to into their worst nightmares it's a it's a wild movie Damn. it's it's um it's just so well made and uh the craziest thing about this movie is there was a um I mean, it's already like a gory, intense crazy movie but there was an x-rated version of it where it was like there was no rating. It was like three times as gory, and because um, you don't actually see what happened to the crew, you just see like um, recordings of like them, like slightly like um, you just get like a hint of it. So it's just like a, a a sampled recording. It's maybe only a couple seconds long, but in the original cut, you get to see all of it and apparently it was so brutal that they cut it from the movie and they got rid of that edition of the movie because there was a director's cut of this movie originally and they got rid of it so nobody could ever seen it because they decided it was too brutal and I was like fuck man I wanted to watch that movie because that would have been a great because this is already a wild movie that must have been like it it must have been fucking wild because I mean there's already there's already a scene in this movie where they walk into the room and this guy has literally been gutted from his throat to his pelvis and like all his intestines have like fallen out like and he's like pinned to the ceiling it's and you see like all of it it's just like whoa and I was like wait a minute this movie was even more violent than that that's fucking crazy have you ever seen the cube movies 
Cube I've and Hypercube. I've heard of them, but I've never actually watched them. They're kind of fun horror movies. Yeah. I don't know why that reminded me of it. Yeah, this is um, it's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's so good. Um, my next one was, we all went to the theater and saw Killers of the Flower Moon. Nice. That new Martin Scorsese w- movie. It's fantastic. Bro. I want. I want to see. It. I. I wanted to go it's with really you guys, good. but I. Uh, I didn't get out of work early enough. I didn't get out of work till like ten. That. That I weekend. Mean, I know it. It deters a lot of people because it's three and a half hours long, but it's really fucking good. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, fucking. Um, DiCaprio and De Niro and fucking. But I was gonna say uh, his really last good. movie, The Irishman, is like three and a half yeah, hours, and fucking. It's better than The Irishman, I would say. I know, you know, I like that movie. So cool. I, I liked it too. Movie. But I, I definitely watch this. I was gonna say Goodfellas is almost a three-hour movie too. It's like two hours Great and forty-two. Movie. Fantastic. <laughs> movie. I mean, Scorsese doesn't. Just, he just doesn't make bad movies. Oh, man. He's got the uh, what's uh, Gangs of New York fucking see that's the his that um Gangs of New York is the one where like I love Daniel it's Day Lewis weird, right like there are pieces of that movie I think are so good but as a whole I don't actually like it that much right yeah so I yeah totally recommend that one you got any others yeah I got a few more um so I I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do this as a double I watched um. Army of Darkness and Evil Dead 2. I fucking I love Sam Raimi's horror movies. Um, I'm probably at some point before uh, Halloween is over. I'll probably watch Drag Me to Hell too. I really like is his that horror connected? movies. It's not connected. It's just it's his style where it's like there are horror elements oh, that are like director. Yeah, he has like a campy, but like some of his shit are like really good jump scares. But then it's campy, and some of it it's like funny, and then his other shit is like funny, and it's not supposed to be. But that's why I <laughs> love Sam Raimi's horror movies because like Evil Dead One is hilarious, and it's because it's so bad, and that's why I love it. Like, yeah, I threw that on like a while back, and I just I couldn't get through it. I was like, yeah, I turned it off. <laughs> yeah, and it's and I respect that. It's not a good movie. But I just I just think it's so funny because it's so bad. But as far as like the body horror and like them like chopping people up, it's actually like really well done. Like the prosthetics in the movie are they're pretty fucking great actually, especially for its time because that movie came out in like I th- I want to say like 1981 or something. It came out. It's it's a pretty fucking old movie. There's a mushroom head music video that. Uh that kind of parodies not parodies but like kind of takes after that movie it's pretty good of of the three um evil dead 2 is my favorite because it's the perfect blend of like horror and this weird um like funny joke like funny haha and then like funny very strange how am i funny (laughs) <laughs> yep. Funny haha. <laughs> like funny I'm a clown? Like funny I make jokes. <laughs> Joe like I'm amusing to you. <laughs> How am I funny? <laughs> That's so good. Joe he, what's so funny, um I'll I'll come back to uh Evil Dead Two in a second, but what's so funny about that is that uh Ray that Liotta. wasn't scripted, and <laughs> that was actually Ray Liotta's genuine reaction. <laughs> like he actually was like in the moment, kind of scared because he's like, "Wait a minute, what? Like, what's going on?" Because he knew like Joe Pesci could be kind of a loose cannon. Have you ever heard that uh, Carlin joke where he's like, um, "I don't pray to God, I pray to Joe Pesci," yeah, because he he seems like a man who can get shit done. Yep, he's like, <laughs> and he's like, you know, praying to God and praying to Joe Pesci, my prayers get answered about the same amount. It's about fifty fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Yeah, 
Um, my next one. Uh, oh, I was, I wasn't finished. But oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna say, bringing it back to Evil Dead Two. Bringing it back. Um, there's a scene where the walls and like all, because he's like he's uh, been corrupted with like the disease, and so like the all the like walls, like the lamp and the fucking uh, like Deer's head on the wall, like everything starts becomes animated and it starts laughing at him, and so he like it's like having this crazy fever dream. And, uh, like, while they're laughing at him, this fucking deer head starts, like, shooting blood at his face. <laughs> and then it just fills the whole room with blood. It's wild, and it's so funny. I fucking love that movie, man. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to... I don't know if I've I, seen him or I not. Was, I know. I remember seeing Army of Darkness. I was going to say, of the three, I think you'd probably like Army of Darkness the best. Because that's the one where it's intentionally supposed to be more humor than... I mean, it's still, like horror-esque but it's really more of a comedy movie than the other two Alrighty. well my next one is not exactly a movie but it's a fantastic watch bo burnham's inside have you seen that dude it's so funny it's so good it's right? so on the nose too it, like it, it encapsulates that time so well yeah just being I, stuck in your fucking house. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I um, I've seen it. My like, hat was off. To I've him. seen it bunches a bunch of times, and every time I was still laughing a lot, and I'm still fucking. It's just still so fascinating. I picked it one time on the movie podcast, and Mike didn't even watch the whole thing. <laughs> I, I mean, I can understand why people don't like it. I mean, his humor definitely isn't for anyone. I mean, it's not for everyone. Not for everyone. It's not for anyone. It's garbage. <laughs> no, no. I actually think Bo Burnham is very funny, and I think he's very ahead of his time because yeah. he's one of the. He's you know, younger than us, dude. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he, he got uh, he blew up on YouTube very young. And yep. Shit. Yep. I re- uh, dude. Uh, my favorite Bo Burnham joke is the "I fuck sluts," and then you hear the girls in the crowd go. Woo! And he goes, well, it wasn't a roll call, but thanks. <laughs> Dude, he's so quick-witted. Yeah. He's, he's fucking hilarious. Oh, he's so good. So, yeah. And do you got any more? I got My, one more. I've got one more. Um, I'm just going to mention it because it, it's actually going to tie into A House of a Thousand Corpses. So, I did actually also watch Devil's Rejects 2. But I wanna, I'll talk about that a little bit more with House of a Thousand Corpses. Makes sense. There's a part, well, there's a parts of it. That are really important to like talking about both. So I'll talk about it later. Uh, the last one I watched was Old Dads, that brand new Bill Burr movie on I Netflix. I want to watch that. How was it's it? It's decent. It's pretty good. It's funny. See, I'll watch it. I'm a sucker for Bill right. Burr. I'll watch anything, any shit he's in, man. Like, yeah. Like even I that- mean, comedies don't blow me away anymore. But uh, still, it was a, it was a decent watch. You know, well, honestly, and I, I've said this on the podcast. Except for too. Weird Al, that movie fucking rules. Dude, that I, I for, <laughs> yeah, that movie is fucking hilarious, man. That, that's one of the best comedies. Uh, actually, I've, seen I've got one more, and it's also years. a Rob uh, Zombie movie. If you're if you're done talking about old dads, yeah, I was gonna bring this up. And it's actually I wanted to bring it up because um, I'm like fifty fifty with Rob. Some of his movies I really like, and some of his other movies I fucking do not like at all. I agree. And this was one I did not like, so I I tried to watch his new monster movie, and I'm usually pretty good about finishing movies. I didn't even finish. It, <laughs> he dude. turned it off. It was. It, uh, and this is the thing. Is like I just saw like scenes from it. I didn't even give it the time of day. Well, because 
I used to watch the old Munster, like, black and white show, because when I grew up, there was this guy, his name was Finn Gooley, and he did, like, obscure horror shit at night. He It was really cool if you were, like, a horror fan, like I was. Yeah. I was a big fucking horror geek. Like, me and my friend, another shout-out, Matt Hayes, miss you, brother. Hey, yo, Matt. But we, you know, we were really into horror movies, and so it was so cool because uh, Sven Gulli was out of Chicago, and we got Chicago stations. So late at night, he would play on the TV, and he would play a lot of obscure horror. But then, like once his program got to super late at night, you he would do like old monster reruns, and I actually really liked that show uh, it, because it was like weird and kooky. But it had just enough heart, like of like a sitcom. Like it was like a, it was almost like one of the first sitcoms. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was in like the fucking fifties and sixties. There's also a tie into House of a Thousand Corpses. At one point, they're watching monsters yep. on the TV. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I don't. Well, and because you know, it's clear that Rob was a big monster fan because like all the makeup and shit was like spot on. It's just. It had that Rob like zaniness to it, and he tried to make it edgy, like he was trying to like tell their backstory before they came a family. But it was it was just like it it was goofy, but it tried to have that Rob Zombie edge, and it just like it didn't fit. It made me really not like the movie. Like he was like a the Frankenstein guy. Herbert was like a punk rock star, and it was just like I just. <laughs> I just don't like this. I was like, it's cheesy. It's just, it's cheesy, but not in the good way that the old version was cheesy. And it doesn't have the fucking, it was completely the missing the heart of it. And the great thing about that show was just like, you know, we're a bunch of freaks and we don't really fit in, but it, that's okay. Like, you know, we found our place and we have each other like that. That important thing is like, even if you don't fit in and you're not like everybody else, that's okay. Like that's a really fucking important message. Mm -hmm. And I really like that about that show. And his movie is just totally devoid of that. And I was just like, this is really just kind of fucking cringy and I hate it. And, the, and honestly, <laughs> dude, he should not do humor. It's like very colorful. Oh uh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is he shouldn't do humor. Like if, I mean like, Sometimes his humor like lands like he's got you can tell he's got a fucked up sense of humor But when he's actively like trying to be funny, it's just like you can try he's just doesn't quite work It doesn't work. It's just like man. You're trying too hard with this shit. This is like it's Cr really more cringy. cringy and annoying <laughs> than it is funny that, 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 I'll, that I'll end it there. That's my piece on that movie. It well, uh, don't watch it. It sucks like, um, <laughs> We should just get in the house of a thousand yeah, corpses let's then. Let's jump because, into it. You know, yeah, we're already basically in there. Yeah, let's let's shit on another Rob Zombie. Two thousand three <laughs> horror. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It does say horror comedy when I looked it up. So two thousand three horror comedy director Rob Zombie. Um, so I have a question for you first. Sure. Um, how did you watch this movie? Uh, on Tubi with ads. Oh God, dude. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now the only way ass. the only well I I have the DVD so the only way to watch this movie is to watch the DVD because I think the best actor in this movie is Sid Haig he's the guy that plays Captain Spaulding like you know what I mean oh, like yeah, yeah. he he's got at this point you know when House of a Thousand Corpses was made Sid Sid Haig had been an actor for like forty five years R I P you know I mean? right he died yeah he died of uh, like three or four years ago. R.I.P. A fucking horror movie legend. Mm -hmm. That guy was... He was awesome. But the thing that makes the uh, DVD is so great is there's a special thing about it where they actually filmed entire scenes of him in the clown suit. So, like, when the DVD menu pops up, 
you have to ring the bell and he fucking walks up into the DVD menu <laughs> and talks shit to you until you pick an option. That's it's hilarious. awesome, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. He's just like, here you are, just wasting my fucking time. He's like, well, I guess I'm just going to eat my chicken. Howdy, fucking do and then like he walks in the back and he comes back and he's like you're still fucking here would you just pick something already you lip dick like it's so funny and it's so good and you're just like man this is what house of a thousand corpses is missing man like honestly like there should have been more says hey he's the most entertaining part of that movie that's like, true i agree bill mosley's pretty good but um i was just gonna bring that up too i totally agree with you i think him and sid Haig are absolutely the uh, best actress in this movie by far. Don't you like clowns? Don't you think we're fucking funny? Uh, that's Devil's Rejects, but that <laughs> I, that is my favorite fucking scene in both of these movies. And again, sick heck, RIP fucking legend. His dialogue is so good, and I think a lot of it he improvised too, because that I love that. He's like, if you don't give me a reason why you hate clowns when I come back and see you, I'm going to kill your whole fucking family. <laughs> it's just so intense and great. Or when what he talks that? to Bill Mosley, he goes, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Two hits. I hit you and your dick digs into the dirt. <laughs> or when the guy's trying to rob him, he's like, he counts to three or whatever. One. Fuck, fuck you. you. <laughs> fuck your mother. Fuck your mama. <laughs> fuck your sister. <laughs> yeah. Fuck your daddy too. <laughs> like, completely unscared. Oh. And then Bill Mosley comes out in a mask and fucking hacks that guy with a machete. Yeah. Big spoilers, by the way. This all, Well, this all happens in the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, um, we got a 21% tomato meter. <laughs> that doesn't actually surprise me at all. Uh, I'm going to say this. Uh, will you actually look up uh, Devil's Rejects? I want to see what Devil's Rejects is to me. Uh, that, uh, by the way, 65% audience. Score. A little better. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, see, we're supposed to get a... Nate kind of wanted to be our Google guy, so if we ever needed anything, he could be off on the side fucking... Dude, I'm told... Nate, uh, shout out, Nate. Uh, Nate, if you want to do that, man, are we you're fucking more than welcome, dude. Just let us know. Uh, I'm down for that. All right, let's see what we Because then got. we can... we Then the give it a goog will finally like have more meaning. Like, Nate, give it a goog. Give, be our guy in the chair. It's some better scores. You got uh, 55 on the tomato meter. 78 with the audience that is pretty that's pretty much exactly what i thought um so now i'm gonna dive into what i think the problems of um house of thousand corpses is so i think the biggest problem with it is that the ending just goes completely off the rails yeah i agree the ending fucking sucks um, except for except for the very very end where it's like the you think the girl got away but and then she because um, and I think, but the the problem with House of a Thousand Corpses, and this is a big spoiler if you haven't watched it, you probably fucking watched it. It's, it's a twenty tw- year old. Yeah, movie, this so. is the twentieth anniversary uh, of this film. Uh, so, which is a crazy coincidence. Yeah, yeah but it's great. I didn't mean that when I picked <laughs> but it. It's great, but um, the very first time you watch it, when you think the heroine, whatever you want to call her, has escaped and she gets in the car with Sid Haig, you know he's a crazy motherfucker. But you don't know like that he's connected to the house at all. So you're like, okay, well, she got, you know, it's sketchy, but you're like, you know, maybe he won't kill her. Like, he seems like a kind of guy who just kills people that fucking try and rob him, which is, you know, that's totally fair. Right. I was like, you know, you're robbing me at gunpoint 
and I'm a bad motherfucker with a gun, like, and I'm used to this kind of bullshit, I'm probably going to fucking kill you before you kill me. However, you find out that he's connected to the house, and Bill Mosley pops up and stabs the girl with a machete. That's a pretty, <laughs> you know, that's a pretty good, like, surprise little ending. Yeah. But it only works the first time, because after that, it's like, you know that it's coming. And it's just like, okay. And that's kind of how it is for me. When you pick this movie, there are... There are scenes that I really like, like every scene with Bill Mosley and Sid Haig I love. But I'm gonna be honest, this was Sherry Moon's first movie, and you can tell because her acting. Is I like, hate her in this movie. Fu- her acting is fucking terrible in this movie. <laughs> every time she does that little laugh, yeah, that fake laugh. I, I'm just I like, fucking hate it, dude. I'm just like I, you know, I'm sure you're a nice person in real life, <laughs> like, you know, you you're fine. You're a very attractive lady. But you can't act worth a shit. And every time you do that laugh, I'm going to stab you in the throat so you can't do it anymore. Just her whole cadence of how she speaks and all that shit. Yeah, it's very lowbrow. She's obviously the weakest actor on this entire movie. Um, And uh, I honestly, she spoils a lot of scenes for me now. The grandpa cracks me up, though. (laughs) As a side note, the grandpa was fucking great in this movie. His whole... uh, He's all, you're eating your wife's pussy. And he's like, here's grandma. (laughs) Let me ask you this. How many zombies could Rob Zombies rob if Rob Zombie could rob zombies? I fucked that up. I get what you're getting at. That's funny. Maybe a thousand. (laughs) Um, Let me throw out a couple taglines. The most shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Okay. Kind of just hyping yourself up right there. Uh, the movie some never wanted you to see. That doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> Here, here's a fun fact. And the, oh. the, well, this last yeah, one, ahead, this last one's just a quote from the movie. I believe life and death are meaningless, and pain is God. That's doesn't Bill Mosley say that? I think so. Some, yeah, he does. It's one of his speeches when he uh, there. It's like the fever dream part after they've killed most of them, or like you know, you know they're torturing them. It, uh, it's when it's like uh, got like that red, like trippy vibe, like almost like you're lo- looking through one of those uh, um, scopes. Right. Uh, I was gonna say, damn it, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, I posted this and I said we were gonna talk about this movie. Uh, so I wanted to shout out some of the fucking comments that we got on here. Yeah, go ahead, man. I'll uh, I'll mull over uh, what I was trying to trying to think about. So my friend Miranda said one of my favorite horror movies. Yes, my thoughts are I'm gonna love this. Uh, can't forget about Devil's Rejects, also obviously. I'm actually gonna talk more about that in a minute because. Um... But then again. Everything Rob Zombie is awesome. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to hard disagree. Um, Thirty One was a terrible movie. Lords yeah, of I Salem. didn't like Thirty One. Lords of Salem was awful. Um, if you, I'm gonna say this: if you want to see a good witch movie, watch The Witch, where it's like an old time. Oh, that's a Robert Eggers one. It's a really fucking good movie. You want to see a good witch I'm gonna movie? Have to try watch that, that one. Watch that movie. It's it's a slow burn, but you'll probably like it because it's a slow burn, and it's like once you realize what's going on at the end, it. it it's pretty wild. Um, yeah, the monster sucks. Like, no, he definitely <laughs> makes bad movies. Uh, and honestly, I would, I would say, this one had the potential to be better. But I, I think he would have been better off, honestly, just casting an actual actress to play baby instead of using his wife. Because um, 
there are parts of this movie where she's acting and it just really takes me out of it and you know the first time i watched it yeah. i really liked it and i've Same. actually liked it less i was about with, to say dude i was like each progressive watch um, um it back do- in the day i mean we were i was young and impressionable i think yeah that's kind of why well, it, it, plus i loved rob zombie i yeah. love his music and uh, yeah and his you know and this movie's really edgy and so as a teenager i i um i love like super gory horror movies too and that's kind of, a lot of this. What's in this movie is kind of gore porn. It's um, there are a lot of odes to like old slasher films and stuff like that. Uh, what I was gonna bring up though is this is one of Rain Wilson's first movies too. That's what I was about to and, say. Uh, I actually love that scene where he uh, Bill Mosley introduces him as a fish boy. Yeah, like that is like that, those scenes. Like I guess I mean I, I'm hitting the nail. Like I'm basically beating a dead horse, but Sick Haig and Bill Mosley really are the best parts of this movie. Um, another uh, of the comments on this movie is my buddy Carlos, who wants to be on the pond again soon. Um, he said, "Yeah, my favorite fish boy," and I, I sent him a gif of Dwight. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, so, but now I want to take a, talk about uh, Devil's Rejects a little bit. Sure. Because, um, so here's another thing about a. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, so we talked about how the best way to watch it is Sig Haig, like, and how he walks into like the correct, which is so cool. That was such a nice touch, and I actually wish they would have done something like that on the Devil's Rejects uh, DVD because that was such like a genuine touch for the fans. Yeah, they like, quit doing that on DVDs, huh? They don't. Yeah. I don't think they do the big menu thing anymore. Yeah. But it was so cool because it's literally like an extra 10 minutes of dialogue with uh, Sid Haig on the DVD. And it's just like that's that's honestly the coolest fucking feature on the DVD. It's just like all that extra dialogue from him. Uh, but I don't know if you remember when House of a Thousand Corpses first came out. The original trailer for it. Do you remember that? Because I do like night and day. Because I was really the, excited, the tr- original like uh, mini trailer for the movie. Not exactly. So I'll tell you what it is because I remember I remember it like crystal clear because I was so excited for this movie. Can you pull that up, Nate? (laughs) 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 But uh, but the original trailer is like a bunch of guys in yellow hazmat suits and they're in front of like a big old house and they're digging into the earth and you hear like this person saying just like this is one of the worst uh murder cases we've ever seen just like we keep uh we keep finding all these unmarked graves there has to be over a thousand bodies here so that dialogue is not does not show up anywhere in house of a thousand corpses but after the the beginning of the devil's rejects where the police raid their house. And after the raid is over in baby and Bill Mosley's character have escaped. Yeah. What's his name in this? I forget. Um, I don't remember. That's all right. I'll figure it out. But yeah, go ahead. But So that dialogue that's in the original trailer for Otis. House of the, Otis. Yep. Otis. But the dialogue for, um, the original trailer shows up in the Devil's Rejects, and it's from a reporter talking to the main sheriff. And I think that was such a cool little touch, like, and that's why I think it was kind of important to like kind of include them both together because it's just like that little, like those little things that 
tie the the original to Devil's Rejects. And I mean, there's so much more. I need but, to um, revisit Devil's Rejects. Maybe. Well, and I, I think it probably is the better movie. The reason it's a better movie, not only is it a better horror movie, because it keeps that grounded tone where. You know, the world isn't filled with monsters. It's That's filled what I hate about this movie, dude. After all these, after this watch, dude, I'll be honest, it, it really went down in my eyes, this movie. Yeah. That, oh, that and I used whole... to love it, man. I used to think it. What? But I always, I never really quite liked the ending, though. Like all that underground yeah, catacomb well, shit. Well, and this is kind of the thing, too, because I was going to get to that, too, Um, is that it seemed like to me that the whole Dr. Satan rumor, he was actually like their uncle or some shit like that, and that they had all spread that rumor so they could get people to fucking come to their house so they could keep doing these satanic rituals and sacrificing them. Like, that is kind of like why I think the legend came about. Uh, But I, I think it's interesting because they completely raid their house and they make it to, like, the underground parts. And at no point is any of that shit that's, like, in the deep underground, like in the canals beneath the house, it's not even mentioned. It's basically like they pretend like it's don't exist. It doesn't didn't exist, and I think that was a really smart on their part because I think the first movie would have it would have done itself such a service if they played on the Doctor Satan thing, and it was like fucking grandpa or it was like someone they related to or if it was literally just like a rumor that they started to trick people into coming out here and then murdering them because that's their fucking thing that's how they get their kicks like yeah because that is what the devil's rejects does so much better it completely throws away all that weird supernatural bullshit that's that's what i hate about it and it It keeps the movie because it's great until that point it keeps the movie grounded and it you know shows us that you know monsters aren't these fucking made up things. Monsters are other fucking people, right. especially Bill Mosley. He has one of the best He's fucking, fucking lines. Psychopath. And <laughs> the, the Devil's Rejects, like hit, like there is some great dialogue in House of a Thousand Corpses. The dialogue from Bill Mosley and Sig Haig is so much better in The Devil's Rejects. And it, Bill uh, Mosley has a fucking line that. Uh, I will never forget. And it's it's a big series. He says, oh, you, you wanted to play the hero, huh? Well, I'll tell you about heroes, boy. Heroes end up fucking dead. You want to see badass? I'll show you badass, motherfucker. And then he slits <laughs> the guy's throat. And then he looks at him. He's like, pray to your God. And he's like, nope, still not feeling anything. Tell you what. I'm here. I'm here to do the devil's work. And then he just beats the guy's brains. And, like, dude, it's. I it. forgot Brian Posehn was in that one. Yep, he gets shot in the face. That's right. <laughs> like 30 and minutes Danny in the Trejo? Movie. Yeah. So, um, th- uh, this, is, this is the other uh, interesting thing, too, about the devil's rejects. And it's something that, you know, I feel like in the real world can be true is like sometimes you when you have people that are so fucking bad. You have to send people that are just as bad to catch them. You know what I mean? And that's essentially what... Because Diamond Dallas Page... Shout out Diamond Dollars Page. Uh, he's in that movie, too. And they're basically, like, really sketchy, shitbag bounty hunters that the sheriff sends to help him catch these motherfuckers. Because he obviously can't do it on his own because they're so fucking crazy. He... Uh, 
And the way the movie ends, too, is really realistically because it's like, you know, there's these murderers that have killed scores of people. So how else are they going to end up? Uh, how is it going to end? Well, they're going to fucking die and shoot out. Like, and that's like pretty fucking realistic. Fucking way she goes. Yeah. Um, I never realized that was Chris Hardwick. Do you know Chris Hardwick? He's the, you know, in the group of friends or whatever. Not Rain Wilson, obviously, but the other guy. Oh, the Chris guy with Hardwick. The beard? Yeah, he's a fucking comedian, bro. Yeah, and he was on that, you know, Talking Dead show after Walking Dead. Um, The guy that plays the deputy. He was in a ton of TV shows and movies. Oh, like you're talking at, about uh, Walton Goggins? He was on like uh, Justified, and like he he's been in a shit ton of movies. He's a uh, uh, he's in um, he's, Righteous Gemstones. He's Uncle yeah, he, Baby Billy. He's Uncle Baby Billy. He's also <laughs> Uncle Baby. He's Billy. also in the Hateful Eight too. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, he's a good actor, man. Yeah, he's fucking. And it's it's so weird that like this movie was like one of his like. It was like his big break. <laughs> he was in another show with uh, Danny McBride called Vice Principals, too. That one was pretty good. Was I love him as Baby Billy, though. He's Uncle fucking Uncle Baby hilarious. Billy. Uncle Baby Billy. <laughs> baby Billy's Bobo Bunkers. You stole my sister, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> that's a great show, dude. I love it. And then and, uh, the part where they fucking uh, kill him, how, how it like zooms out all slow and shit. And See, that's... That, they I, hold on to that fucking scene for just... Yeah, extra little, extra long. Yeah, it's. Very, I kind of like that. It's very, very cinematic. I mean, there is some great camera work. Like there are some scenes with great camera work. That was kind of the other thing I really fucking noticed about going back and watching these movies is how bad the camera work is a lot of the time. The cinematic photography for these movies is frankly dog shit. <laughs> like it, it just is. It's really bad. Yeah. And the times where it needs to be like very steady, like for like big the big action set piece in the beginning, the camera jumps back and forth so much, it's just jarring. And I was like, dude, you would have been so much better like filming like thirty seconds of like the police like shooting from the outside and then panning to the inside instead of like constantly jumping back and forth. It's fucking jarring, man. And it's the same thing with the Devil's Rejects. It's like I I feel like he used a shit ton of filters. To hide the fact of how bad the cinematography is, because it'd be like upon this watch, it was really noticeable. Yeah, um, I feel like this movie is very similar to like Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. We're, similar, it's a it's definitely a cult hit it's in that same the way. Same type of it's, deal. It's, it's like very, a group of friends. Yeah, that, very weird. I um honestly, I gotta give it up to the original though. I think the original is much better. Texas Chainsaw yeah, Massacre. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why. The the, the one I'm super familiar with is the Jessica Biel one. The 2003 one, yeah. Was that, is, that came out the same year as this? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And that one, and I will say this: that one's an okay movie. Like as far as like a, you know, it's not a good movie, but it's an okay horror movie. Yeah, I like it. And honest, well, I was gonna say it because it's got fucking Arnie from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Arnie's fucking awesome in that movie too. <laughs> and just like in all of his movies, he fucking literally just did his own dialogue. He just ad libbed all his own shit, and it it was amazing because oh, yeah. he's so good at it. Hell yeah. Um. But, yeah, I, I would say the reason why the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, despite it being such a fucking weird movie and it's, like, really off-putting to people, the reason it's more successful 
is it approaches the gore scene so much differently where you don't ever really see people die. Like, you hear them die in other rooms, but you don't see it. So it puts the image in your mind, and it just becomes so much more impactful because you're using your imagination, and your imagination is almost always worse that's than the why, visual. That's why fucking Jaws worked so well. Exactly. Because you didn't see the shark as much as... Uh, and it, it just allowed that, that tension to build up, yeah. And that was partly due to the mechanics of the shark always breaking down or something, is what I've heard, you know, Spielberg. But, but it, I fucking know, love Jaws. Jaws it's a great is movie, great. I picked cla- it once for a, a Halloween fu- episode. It's a fucking classic, man. Um, this movie does take place on Halloween, though, which yep. is cool. Yep. Halloween episode uh, 1977, which is interesting. It ties into Candyman because that opening scene is 1977. Which yep. is weird, dude. I was like, "Whoa, what a weird coincidence!" Hey, man, it, I I feel like this these picks like lined up so perfectly. Yeah, it's um, pretty good. I I, th- I don't know, man. I think I've kind of su- said my piece about this movie. Really, let me see what I got in my notes. Walton Goggins, yeah, Uncle Baby Billy. <laughs> uh oh. This is a stupid note. That guy, Tiny, the you know the big weird oh, looking yeah, he, guy. Um, he's been in, he's a. Um, he really is like seven five. Like he's yeah. enormous. He was in Bubble Boy, I think. He's also <laughs> in a movie called Big Fish. He's basically he oh, was big, the, I've seen Big Fish. Yeah, he's basically like the the giant guy in every movie from like nineteen ninety five to like two thousand eight. Like, well, I just thought it was funny because his name is Tiny, and he eats out of a dog bowl that says Tiny, and our dog is named Tiny. <laughs> that's funny. Man. That's funny. I also love that he has the I. That is some of the funnier aspects of this movie that he has. It's so tongue-in-cheek because he's tiny and he's the most physically intimidating out of everybody. But he's also the most gentle. Yeah. Like when the girl's like, will you please let me go? He just he just yeah, kind of shrugs that's and then that's that lets same her go. Scene like, when he's eating out of the <laughs> yeah, dog bowl. Yeah, he's eating out of the dog bowl. He's like, yeah, all right. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And then uh, what's his name comes down. He's Bill like, what the fuck? Otis, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> Otis is like, <laughs> he just shrugs. He's like, yeah, he shrugs. But it's also like, a what What are you actually going to do to me? I was like, I'll crush your head in my hands. Like, <laughs> um, We kind of touched on this, but like, it's a, it's a lot of interesting editing choices and directing choices. I mean, he's got like the negative filters on and all that shit. And like all the in between cutscenes where it's like old TV shit and like I don't know, it's a lot. It's, it's an interesting choice well, a, as a director. He's, he's trying to paint this picture of just how fucking off these people are, like because they really all are fucking out of their minds. Yeah, and so partly like the filters are to like convey that, but I just think that's just kind of. Upon this watch, it showed his weakness at a, as a director. I think he well, it really was his first movie. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing he probably uh, directed some of his music videos before. Yeah, most yeah. likely. Um, and it's just like choices of a a novice director. And I mean, this is a low budget movie. Like we can't like this was a I think low it was budget like four million. Like it's four a low budget seven movie, million, man. something like and that. I think he just he raised the money himself to do it and I respect that man. Like to get a project this big off the ground by yourself like that takes some it takes some moxie. Like it it's just and now that I've watched so many horror movies and I've seen what can be done like in 
the current generation with horror movies, yeah. especially like with the cinematography side. Like I'm just um I'm gonna jump into Candyman just a little bit. Just I'm gonna do a side by side. Yeah, I'm you trying to wrap the, this one up. This might be a long episode. That's fine. I'm just saying the if you just compare Candyman cinematography to House of a Thousand Corpses, I mean I know it's a twenty year gap, but like you you can it's just glaring. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like because Candyman, come- like it like even if you don't like them, even if you hate the movie, you think it sucks. The cinematography in that movie is fucking amazing. Like totally. it's very tight, and it's it was just something. Even compared to Devil's Rejects, where he had improved, it's something that's it, it's very obvious. Yeah, um, I'm back on the ending again. Like I said, I don't care for the fucking ending. Well, but it, um, it's it's kind of like um, I compare the ending all the I'm, Mad Max looking creatures and shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's it's honestly really lame. Um, Especially w- the part where the tunnel collapses. That looks so fucking cheesy. It's and gay. it's really bad, <laughs> man. It's really bad. Yeah, I mean. It's just like it's it's just so unnecessary. Like this, it's so much more interesting. And again, this is why Devil's Rejects is a better movie, is because it's so much more interesting when the horror is coming from other people. Like you know, you're dealing with these fucking crazy people, and you have no idea what they're capable of doing to you. That is so. That's so much more frightening and real than these fucking Scooby Doo monsters that are in the tunnel. It's just like <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, like that weird like fucking green goop that comes out of his like circle mouth. Yeah. I was like, it doesn't even look good. I was it's like, I was like, mouth. what? I was like, it looks like a fucking anus like puking like pea <laughs> a soup. Prolapsed anus. Yeah, like that. Pro- a prolapsed anus puking <laughs> pea soup. Like, what the fuck are you even doing with this movie anymore? <laughs> prolapsed anus puking pea soup. Write that on the tagline. <laughs> <laughs> that's the ta- that's the new tagline for this movie. Honestly, this movie could have fucking just been Sig Haig like at the counter, and it would have been so much more entertaining. All right, wrapping this one up. Um, Wrap it up. Like I said, I think I was young and impressionable at the time when I as, got as hooked are, on this man. movie. But that happens with the same thing, like uh. like with music and shit like that. You, at a certain age, the music you listen to, you're just. Uh. It's always going to have a place in your heart and shit. Yeah, well, and I mean, if you're not familiar with, like, some of the old school, like, slasher movies that are really gory, this is going to be, like, your first, like, edgy horror movie. And so, like, I mean, I was way more into this movie when I was younger. I was like, yeah, this movie rules. And now I'm just like, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, this movie has drastically dropped in my ratings book. I'll say that. Yeah. I think the first half's pretty good. But after this vi- after this viewing... It really falls off a cliff at a certain point. So yeah. that's why I put it at a four. Yeah. <laughs> if I was going to rate it based solely on Sig Haig and Bill Mosley, and if we like ended it like at the where they just bury them. If yeah, that's before where the movie, all the where, and, it, and it was just them like doing a satanic rituals and the cl- credits full. Yeah, before I, all I'd the probably give it like skeletons a, coming alive yeah, and shit. All the- I would probably give it like a six, six point five. But I'm I'm kind of with you, man. I give it like. Give it a four point five, like it's fair. Um, I watchability. If I, if I highly doubt it. <laughs> I was gonna say if we're talking about the DVD, I'll give it a five 
just because of the, the fucking the menu with Sid Haig. <laughs> because I'm telling you, dude, like, don't even watch the movie. Just put in the DVD. I'll let you borrow it just for that fucking next next time I sure. come over. Yeah. Just like pop that in and just watch that first ten minutes because it's some of the funniest shit you'll ever see. It's by it's the way, so I think good. you still got my Lamb of God DVD. I do. <laughs> you I can do. bring that while you're in it. No, yep, I will. Kidding. No, I will. It's no, cool. I will. I'll put it in my car. I'll put um, it in my little baggie and uh, I'll bring it to you. Did you say your rewatchability or no? Man, I don't think so. I uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe next so. year. I don't know. I I'll just fucking watch the better movie. I'll just watch Devil's Rejects next next year. All I'll right. just skip this movie. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Pretty low rated one on our on our part. Um, I'm gonna grab a couple more beers if you want one. Uh, Fuck is yeah. that cool? Take yeah. a little break. We'll get back to Candyman. Yeah, yeah. We can take a we can take a a fiver. This is going to be a long one. I I literally I had so much to say, man. I know we were going off. All right, back in. The All seat. right, break time, everybody. And, and we're, we're back. back, everybody. We're back with some cold ones. Here's right. Johnny. I did that just for you guys for the Halloween episode. <laughs> Hell yeah! Do you like that movie? I do that like that movie. Actually, I actually think it's one of those. It's another Kubrick. I was going to say, I think it's. Probably the movie by him I like the most, frankly. Uh, not me. <laughs> well, there's a I lot. I think I've only seen it once. Uh, well, there's a lot of movies by him I just I don't like. <laughs> like, uh, I don't like Doctor Strangelove. I, I don't Dr. like Space Odyssey. I like Doctor Strangelove. It, it wasn't for me, man. Um, all right, let's jump into it. Candyman 2021 I've, Horror Slasher. I'm, I'm, I got I, I to just throw this out here. Um, so, because I'm a horror fan... Uh, I, I'm a little bit biased towards uh, stuff that Jordan Peele is involved in because it's such a fresh uh, take on horror, and he really like breathes some life into this genre. So I'm gonna say right now, I fucking love this movie, dude. I'm, and I um, there are gonna be some people that probably hate on me for saying this, but I actually I think this the new version is it's one of the only ones. Um, it's this one. And then I would actually say the new Hellraiser movie that's on Hulu, they're like the only like, they're not even remakes. They're like uh, revisionings of the an old older like tale that I think are actually better than the originals. Yeah, we didn't even mention the Rob Zombie Halloweens, which I don't think I've. I think I might have seen one. I the fur, um, I, I know think, John Carpenter doesn't care for him. <laughs> well, of course he didn't because he did the original, and the original <laughs> is a fucking classic. Yeah, it's great. I um, I do like the first Halloween because it gives Michael more of a backstory, and so I think the first one, the first his, Rob Zombie one, the first Halloween Rob Zombie one is good, and I actually think that's where he shines as a director most, and I, it's the most, it's the movie where Sherry Moon. Is the least annoying as an actress. <laughs> uh, the second one is not good, though. All right, Candyman director Nia Nia DaCosta. Yep, never heard of her. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't know if this is her first movie. I think this might be her first big budget movie, though. Eighty-four percent tomato meter, seventy-two audience, pretty good score. I think it's fair, man. As far as horror movies go, this is a fucking good one, and I think it's got a good story too. Tagline, dare to say his name. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's fun how they 
the Universal logo and the MGM logos are all backwards when you first started. And I was like, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, and it, it really, they play with this idea See, because I've never seen any of these movies either, so I didn't really know why I, it was. I'm, I'm, I was sure that it had something to do with the story, uh, like why so they were all backwards. I'm actually, I don't remember. Um, well, the reason it's backwards is because... Because of the mirror. Because, because of the mirror, yeah. And because he's, he's summoned... Uh, through the mirror so that's why you see everything backwards which i think is a cool touch uh, yeah it's interesting how yeah. sorry I'm you gonna, would think some studios wouldn't be down for that <laughs> like no do it right well but jordan uh because uh jordan peele was the producer he carries a lot of weight because all of his um horror movies that he's been a part of have been fucking massive hits man do you like nope i love nope i th- um, I, 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 I would totally understand why people don't like Nope. Who's that? Right. Uh, it's because it's it's a very strange take, but I think it's such a fresh take on an alien movie. There's fucking nothing like it, man. It's so different, and I, I, I really enjoy it. Like being like a completely different idea of what aliens would be like, because you know what I mean. It's like it's something like otherworldly, and you're just like, oh shit, sure, this yeah. is fucking. That's a really cool idea, and plus that scene where it like, like ate all those people. And then fucking, like, that raining blood scene. I'm a sucker for raining blood, dude. I love that in any movie. You're I, like Slayer? Oh, a fucking... <laughs> I love blood. I love that song. Um, there's, like, five Slayer songs I but like, that's and that's rain one of them. rain in blood. That's different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Both of... The, oh, I, I mentioned that, that they both kind of took place in 77, at least the beginning of this one. Yep. Weird coincidence. Jordan Peele. Um, yeah. I don't have a super lot of notes on this one, but uh, we can go to some of the Facebook comments. If I could pull that up. What are you pulling up? I'm actually pulling up the original Candyman because I don't remember the story for that very well. Uh-huh. Oh, so, okay. So what is really cool is... Um, the original Candyman is essentially the, it's like, you remember how they're telling all the stories of the different Candymen? Well, the, in the original movie, he was the son of a slave, just like the very first Candyman movie is in, in this story. And so that's actually how they bridged both movies together. So this isn't a remake. It's kind of like a revisioning. And I, I really fucking like it for that. Um, no, I'm going to kind of address some of the flack that this movie has gotten because people have told me, like, well, I don't like that movie because it's too racial. I was like, have you never seen the fucking original? It's very racial. It's like he's literally like the vengeful ghost of the uh, of the son of a slave. Like, this is like a very it is about race. And it's like very much about how, like, black communities are thrown to the wayside and then fucking gentrified once they could, uh, people can profit off of them. Like right. it's like that's what this shit is all about, and that's kind of why I love, um, his comment to the because frankly, I do not like critics. I think most critics are so much up their own ass. I've been watching the critic, <laughs> but that his his line to the lady, where um. 
he's like, oh, I love how you basically dismiss my work. But now that it's worth something to you, now you see something in it. You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, he's like, I love how white women like you can tell me about black art. Like I fucking, I <laughs> loved that so much, man. Yeah. Cause I've, I, you know, I've dealt with, I've like, and that's, that's kind of where, um, the artist in me kind of, I kind of, I get the, I get his struggle. Not, I have no idea what it mean, what it's like to be a fucking black artist. I'll just say that right now. But I understand what it's like to be a. I do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand what it's like to be an artist and struggle and have other people that really don't know a fucking thing about art put your shit in a box. Like I completely understand that. Sure. It was. It's interesting because like he did. <sighs> After the first murder happened or whatever, after the gallery show or whatever, he didn't even really, he didn't even care about the murders. He was just like, they said my name on TV and all that shit, dude. Yep. I was like, okay. <laughs> he was just so happy that they fucking mentioned his Bloody name. Glad he finally got recognition Some for his recognition. work. Yeah. yeah that, what do they say? Uh, there's no such thing as bad publicity or yep. something. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, he kind of fucking hated those people anyway. So it was just like, you know, he's like, this is a win. He's like, I don't have to deal with these people. They're not like in my girlfriend's <laughs> ear. And I'm fucking famous now. He's like, it's a win-win, baby. Like, So for that, anyone who doesn't know, let's kind of break it down. So it's uh, the basically the, the slasher or killer in this movie is uh, he's like a... You say his name in the mirror five times, and he appears. But he's like he's got this whole backstory of how he was tortured and shit. Well, it's really interesting because uh, every it's kind of uh, hard to explain. <laughs> every well, um, with Candyman, every generation has a rendi- rendition of Candyman. Right. And Candyman is all about revenge, and it's it's. It's revenge against it's, the unjust. Right. So because the first he was unjustly the, fucking beaten. Um, the first and burned and all that. Well, the first Candyman is a the son of a slave who was freed and he was an artist and he fell in love with a white woman. Well, this was you know in the late eighteen hundreds and that's it's still a big no no. Oh yeah. And so uh, the the girl. Of this mogul got pregnant and they lynched him and they literally they pulled his arms and legs apart it's uh it's a method called quartering where yeah like i'm braveheart um they do that to braveheart uh, no that that is called uh drawn and quartered and that's something different so what uh, i I, i'm 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 fucked up this is a hobby of mine like i know all braveheart i uh, i'm kidding no please do (laughs) I'll watch yeah, it. I love that rules, movie. Yeah. Dude. But uh what Eventually. hung drawn and quartered quartered is is it's uh it, it's it was a fr- it started in France and then it became popular in know. England. The French are assholes. But <laughs> what hung, hung drawn and quartered was I'm is <laughs> I bet you are, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Uh but you would literally hang the person until they passed out and then that you would essentially put them on a table. And you would cut them open and then start putting their organs on a fire while they were still alive. 
and then you would chop their limbs off and then decapitate them. That is what hung, drawn, and quartered was, and that's what happened in Braveheart. But what I'm what I mean specifically by quartered is when your limbs are tied to four different horses, and then they smack the horses' asses at the same time, so they run in different direction, and they literally rip your body. I thought that's what happened in Braveheart. No, no, no. They um. So they they literally um. Chop him into pieces and then now decapitate him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So. So that's the first so one. This um, I don't remember the order of them, but one of them is a child that uh, the police stole a bike Isn't and they one shoot of them him. A woman too. One of them's a woman. Um, Candy woman. Uh, one of them. I mean, there there's like five different stories. Yeah, that's what kind of what I was kind of like. Wait, what's going on here? Uh, like, I, I was a little confused for a minute. Uh, but essentially, the the whole point is is every era has a Candyman, and the Candyman before um, the newest rendition was the guy that. Th- so the guy that's in the laundromat that tells the story to our hero, he witnessed the la- very last candy man who was the back in 77 back in 77 who was the guy the guy that passed out candy with the hook hand um and he uh is he the guy from the original no no i'm i'm going to get to that later um so he was just somebody who looked menacing but was very simple, but you know he, he just, you know some some of those people that are just really intimidating with their sweethearts. That is that guy, but there was this girl that got candy that had a razor blade in it. So the police assumed it was that rendition of the Candyman, and they beat him to death. And so he is part of that story too. Um, and what's that's what I think is so cool about this movie is after they do the ending. That slideshow that plays is each different version yeah, of the Candyman. I watched that, and I think, and I, th- I actually really like that as an exposition. I think it's a really cool way, it's a way to tell a story within a story. So that way, you know that you're actually watching not what's going on currently in the movie, but this is what happened in the past. The, the whole and I think, story. and I think the artwork is just really cool for that. So I, I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, and what's with the bees thing? Didn't they they shoved a hive of bees in him or something? Uh, that is that is one of the things where um, they locked one of the people that were murdered in a beehive, and that's kind of how the bees became a part of it. Right, is they stung them to death. And, and you know, I mean, if you're in a beehive and they get agitated, even if you're not allergic, you can 100% be killed by that. You know, if you're being stung by hundreds and hundreds of bees. That can absolutely cause you to swell and die, like one fucking hundred percent. Because bee stingers themselves, they do have a little, they have venom in them, and you know, you get fucking three hundred bee stingers in you, you're gonna have a really bad day. Um, and it, it's also That's part of I don't I don't movie. so I don't remember the my girl. Yep, he's allergic, so he gets stung by one bee and he dies. But that is my girl. <laughs> I don't. Re- I don't even remember that movie. I just remember that. Everybody that remembers that part, man. Everybody remembers that part. I do. Uh, f- go ahead. 
but I was gonna get into the original. The B the B thing is like a big part of the original. I just don't remember it that well because it's been so long since I've seen it. And again, I frankly I just prefer this version. I think it's um I just think it's a more well crafted version because they really iron out the story and what's going on. I feel like this movie's a little tropey, you know? It's got a lot of fucking things that a lot of scary movies sure sure the fact that you know even like the saying the name in the mirror that you know that was bloody mary when i was growing up did you ever have bloody mary but i think that's it's pain what that's see as a horror movie fan that's why i like it because it's paying homage to a lot of those themes yeah and there's like all the old lore and then even the fact that you know his girlfriend doesn't believe him and it's just I feel like I've seen all this before, sure, you know. Sure, and I, I, I totally understand that. I just, uh, I think it's presentation, um, especially like with the side stories, like in like those weird, like the brown and gray and black, like the uh, the characters are like black, like cut out characters. I really like that, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say that this movie's strongest point is it's like cinematography and presentation. I just think like it's just. It's so tight in that regard, and I I think it, it it does that. It does have like a slow build of really going down the rabbit hole. But I think what is cool is when um, he is told the Candyman story, where um, this is going to be big spoiler territory if you haven't spoiler seen this movie. Alert. Is where he's researching the woman who threw an infant into the fire and she was burned alive because she's part of that project that he's researching alongside Candyman. So he's like building this story to present with his artwork because that let's face it, you can make absolutely dog shit artwork, but if you have a convincing enough story, you can make people eat that shit up. I mean, look at fucking Jackson Pollock paintings, dude. It's literally just paint drizzle on a fucking canvas and it's worth millions of dollars. Yeah. Some of that art, Shit. It's, it's that bullshit. it's that fucking contemporary <laughs> art deco bullshit, and critics like jam, it's like a giant cock they jam down their throat. They can't get a knock of, enough of it. You know what I mean? And so that um his desire to like really have this strong story alongside of this, um, and delve into this woman who was apparently burned after she stole an infant. Only, and this is, I think, the best twist of the movie, when you find out that he was the infant she stole. Right. Like, that is the wildest part of the movie. And where, and it's where the main character Sorry. is f- becomes physically tied to Candyman because you find out the reason that that happened is because of Candyman and that he actually lived in that project where... Like all those Candyman occurrences take place, so he is like deeply rooted in all of this, and he's being led down this path by the guy at the laundromat. That's the other thing I think is different is it's not the main character isn't choosing to actively be this thing of vengeance. Oh, you okay? I got jizz in the back of my throat. Oh damn! <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but he's not actively choosing this path of vengeance it's just being thrust upon him and it's like some of it's circumstantial uh but the the guy from the 
laundromat who has like told him the Candyman story. He's actively trying to recreate the spirit of vengeance because what he's seen has fucked him up and he realizes how wrong, like what happened in his lifetime, all the shit he's seen. So he's trying to recreate this. And honestly, man, I think the end of the movie is fucking Actually, dope. I really, I did like the end of the movie. Uh, and cool. so that's gonna, uh, and that's where like this becomes, uh, it really elevates itself into this supernatural thing where, you know, you know, there's plenty of dirty cops and they're basically trying to frame his girlfriend for all the Candyman murders and for the murder of the well, guy. It kind of gives her an ultimatum, right? Yep. Yep. Uh, and then she says the name and her. Yeah. She's her like, can you, can I look in the mirror real quick? I'll tell you whatever you uh, want to hear. Because the cops, um, so we'll back, I'll backtrack a little bit. So the guy from the convenience store who is actively trying to create this ghost of vengeance calls the cops and informs them that the guy responsible for the Candyman murders is there, which is her boyfriend. And so they, when they see him with the hook hand, they shoot him on sight and they're like grilling her with all these questions. And they basically give her an ultimatum where she either sign a plea deal or or they're basically just going to pursue her as an accomplice right. to the Candyman murders. And that's when she looks in the mirror and says his name. And shit gets wild. Candyman, Candyman, he fucking Candyman, starts Candyman. killing Candyman. all these cops. And he has this. I'm going to. I wish I could remember the line. I'm going to I'm gonna give it a good. Because it's a, gr- it's a great set of lines. All right. While you're doing that, I'll give him some of my notes. I thought it was. A little weird. He wasn't worried about his hand after that bee sting and it started to grow and shit. It took him a while to, just to get to the fucking hospital. He didn't even care for the longest time. And it's just like growing up on his neck and shit. And I was like, <laughs> he didn't want to go get that checked out or what? Well, <laughs> I, I think you also have to consider this all happens in a very short amount of time. So this okay. isn't like, this isn't like something where like, months have passed this is maybe like within like a week or two and after seeing it first starting to grow you know i kind of guessed he would turn into the candy man i i kind of seen that coming yeah i think kind of everybody kind of um my only other note is really that his mom she does not look old enough to be his mom (laughs) i actually also thought that but I looked it up and she's 60 years old. You know, black don't crack. <laughs> so she absolutely was old enough to be She his was. Mom. She totally was. I thought, I was like, because <laughs> she does. She looks great, dude. For 60 years old? Oh my God. I just thought that was interesting. I had to give that a goog. It's so, it's the. Uh... He says, uh, it's different from the original Candyman line, which is, I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom, without these things, I am nothing, so now I must shed innocent blood. And that is, that's, it's actually the opposite motif of this movie, so the, that was something I forgot, is the original Candyman sheds innocent blood, but that's what I like about this Candyman, is the blood that Candyman sheds in this movie is not fucking innocence. Hells, yeah. So in this one, he says, I'm the writing on the wall. I am the sweet whisper of blood that 
echo buzzing in the alleyways that you fear. Like, it's such a fucking cold-ass line, dude. Like, this, you know, I mean, they've had over 20 years to update this movie. And for what it's worth, I think the update is fucking great. But the very ending where he looks at her and he says, tell everyone, you know the... how the bees buzz around and his face changes. Yeah. That's the, f- that is the actor from the original Candyman movie. That's how okay. they tie it all together. And I thought that was so fucking cool. That's cool. Well, I don't have any more notes, but, um, I'll shout out some people who commented. If you, if you're down for that, yeah, go for it, man. Miranda again said, well, I'd have to say it's another horror fave. Um, I still have it on DVD. Part two was more of a backstory line. Yeah, she's talking about the originals. Yeah. yeah. They're both very good. I have not seen the new remake yet. My thoughts on opinions is based off the original in the 90s. And I was I was telling her, I was like, yeah, my buddy Drew, he picked the uh, 2021 remake and shit. Or, and then Keith was like, they did a remake? Yep. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was like, yeah, man, Jordan Peele's on board. Um. Oh, there goes the camera. That's uh, okay. Our We're about done. Buddy Cody Randall said, "Not not a remake, more of a requel." I would say, like like I said, it's more of a revisioning for the movie. Our buddy Tim, you know Tim, yeah, yeah, Timbo. Tim's a big horror movie fan too. So all he said was solid pick. All right, thanks, Tim. Thanks, Timmy. And Appreciate you, Victor Job. He said, "I thought it was pretty good." I wasn't sure if I was going to like it, but I was pleasantly surprised. Hell yeah. I think it's cool to like mention all these <laughs> yeah. people, the people who comment on our shit. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, of course, man. Uh, just to like get people more involved in shit, maybe you know he'll. Of course, hear, and you know if hear uh, us shout out them on the pod. And yeah, shit. and uh, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of down to start taking requests too. If there's like there's movies we haven't talked about, haven't seen that you guys want us to review, I'm totally down to do that. Oh, and you seen Nate's uh, comment about House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. He said, not a huge horror fan, but really loved the movie. I feel like what made this movie great is the fact that it was rooted in reality. There was no unstoppable boogeyman or dolls or zombies or twisted, fucked up people. And I was like, well, towards the end, it kind of... It goes <laughs> It off gets a little rails, supernatural, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. And then he started talking about the other ones, like 31 and all that. Yeah. And then uh, a couple more. Shout out to Joey Burton. He said, this is... Talking about House of a Thousand Corpses here. He said, this is uh, all the classic feel of a horror movie. You can ask for a great great performance by Bill Mosley for me. And it it feels like an ode to his role as Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Yep. Yep, I totally agree, man. I totally agree. And then uh, last one, Adam Fish from uh, Taste of War. You know, we love love those guys. Love those dudes. We wish we still played with them, man. Uh, How... Again, House of a Thousand Corpses, he says, I really thought the Firefly trilogy was a lot of fun. People shit on zombies movies, but I dig them. I don't know what he means by that. Um, So there are actually three of these movies. So um, there's House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and then they did one after Sick Hayat had died. Um, they that they have like some scenes with them in, but they um, he couldn't be part of the group. 
because he had passed away like in production. So it's called Three from Hell. So oh yeah, yeah, I so, vaguely remember. Yeah, that. Um, I mean, it's, it's I... a funny, it's a funny, fun movie. It's not as good as Devils. Um, I'd say it's probably the worst of the three, but it's it's fine for what it is. It's 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 enjoyable. It's just a little weird because there's no way any of them should have been alive after Devils Rejects. Like I, so I kind of like, I just set aside the fact that I'm kind of calling bullshit on it, and I was like, I'll just. Enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. All right. There you have um, rating. I give it a seven, man. I and I, I, you know, I like this movie. Um, I think I'm sitting at like a five point five around there. Like I said, it's kind of tropey, and it feels like I've seen a lot of this shit done over and over. Yeah, and it's but. it's it's and it's kind of a hard thing with horror movies now like it's yeah really and again hard. i'm not a horror guy well, in it's, general it's, it's anyway just so hard to be original but i think for like what it does with the movie i think there's enough originality to it to enjoy it especially like for a first watch rewatchability def- eh, maybe not <laughs> yeah i i mean i didn't i i didn't think uh i don't think I don't you see would... myself popping it back on but i i mean it's possible yeah and it's just like i was trying to Cause I know I kind of got a pretty good feel for the movies you like, and I was like, you know, there's a lot of horror movies. Cause by I'm, the way, you don't have to pick movies you'll think I like. You can pick wherever the fuck you but, want. But I, I kind of want to though, because when it's genres that you don't like, I was like, man, I want to fucking pick that one where he's yeah. like, yeah, I fucking like that movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's kind of I I don't always pick movies I think you're gonna like, but when it's like genre, like it's it's the same thing with like the anime movie. You know what I mean? I was like, right. I know, I was like, I know he doesn't like this shit, so <laughs> I want to fucking pick one that I think he would fucking like. Like you know what I mean? I appreciate that. That's cool. One thing left to do, I think, right? <laughs> Pick oh, our next yeah, pick movies? our next movie. Fuck, man. Uh, I'm going to make you go first. Do you not, I, you don't I have no idea, yeah. All right. Well, I've been mulling it over, you know, and uh, I think I'm going to do it again. I'm going to pick a movie I've already picked with Mike. <laughs> but I think this will be the last time I do that, you know what I mean? Because all the other ones uh, I don't feel like I need to bring back up. But this movie I fucking love. Okay. And it's Coen Brothers. Mike didn't really care for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think it's a very underrated Coen Brothers movie. Okay. Oscar Isaac. I'm talking Inside Lewin Davis, bro. Okay. Have you ever heard of it? No. I mean, I know he's... Um, I've heard of the movie. Actually, yeah. I'm sorry. I have heard of the movie. Because I I've, I think I've seen um, a trailer for it. Yeah. So he's like a struggling folk artist yep, in I've seen Greenwich the Village. Yeah, I've seen the trailer for it. So, yeah. That's my choice. And I'm sticking to it. It'll probably be the last time I do uh, you know, redo a movie. I'm going to. Because I want you to see it. Yeah. And I know this is a movie you've seen. But it's been on my list for a while. And I have not picked it yet, and I haven't seen it, so I'm gonna pick Manchester by the Sea. All right, I knew you were going there. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's a good one. It's heavy. It's a heavy one. Do you know what it's about? Nope, nope. I'm going in blind. Nice. Yep. All right. Fuck yeah, dude. Inside Lewin Davis, Manchester by the Sea. That's a pretty good pairing, I think. It's they're both drama. Inside Lewin Davis is a little more comedy, but uh, yeah. Fuck yeah, man. 
Well, this was, was yeah. a long one, ma'am. And yeah, hope you all enjoyed it. Happy yep, we appreciate Halloween. You guys. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Fuck yeah. This comes out the day before Halloween, or if you're watching on YouTube, the day of Halloween. So, appreciate you sticking in there with us. We love you. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Peace out. It's like it looks like a fucking anus, like puking, like pea <laughs> a soup. Prolapsed anus, yeah, like that. Pro- a prolapsed anus, <laughs> puking pea soup. Like, what the fuck are you even doing with this movie?